All right, good morning, everyone. Hi. Could everyone please find a seat? We're going to get started. Um, I know that we've got a low turnout today, so if you could come as close as you dare, um, we're going to be right up here uh, having a conversation. But let's start first with prayer. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this opportunity to be together this morning to learn, to listen, and to grow. Help us to be a light in the world and to see Christ in others and to live a Jesus-centered life. All this we ask in your name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Amanda Barker. I am a parishioner here at St. John's Cathedral and have been since uh, 2011. I am a lifelong Episcopalian, spent a good chunk of my 20s away from the church, but I'm back, um, and involved in a number of different uh, committees and programs here at the cathedral, uh, particularly the Women's Homeless Initiative uh, that is hosted here in Dagwall Hall on Monday nights um, every other month, uh, acolyting, and in particular, and why I'm here today, I am uh, a co-chair of the Adult uh, Education Committee, the group who kind of helps solicit content and puts on our Dean's Forum and Wednesday night Cathedral Night. Um, so today we're going to start our conversation for the whole year thinking about the way of love. It is uh, a, a uh, rule of life that um, Bishop Curry in particular and the Episcopal Church more generally is exploring and embracing. It was the, uh, it was the curriculum, the backbone of last year's convention for the Diocese of Colorado. Um, and so the reason why I've got these people next to me, these are four of St. John's Cathedral's delegates to uh, our convention um, for the diocese this past year. And so these four and a few others in the room experienced a lot of curriculum around the way of love, uh, and we're going to delve into this a little bit today. So I'm going to pass this over, and we're going to introduce ourselves, and then we'll continue the conversation. Good morning, everyone. I don't think I need an introduction, but I will tell you who I am. Um, my name is Roslyn. It may, maybe most of you don't know that, but known as Roz Green here. And I don't have to tell you what I do because I have my vestments on, right? So that was quick. <laughs> I'm going to pass it on. Hi, I'm Jenny Creasy, and um, one of my mother's very lovely legacies to me was when I was two months old um, in the fall of 1957. She you know, had me baptized in the Episcopal Church. Um, I'm a fairly new member here. I've um, been here a little over a year or so. And some of my favorite things so far here is I'm part of the um, Wednesday 7 a.m. Eucharist community. Um, I also am the facilitator for our dementia support group. And also, most recently, I've been learning to be an acolyte, which is very meaningful, fun, and sometimes a bit humbling. <laughs> uh, hi, my name is Andrew Greenberg. Um, I have been here at St. John's since 2018. Um, I am the chair of the Faith in Action Commission here at St. John's, um, an acolyte, and also I help out with the Adult Education Committee. 
Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Chad Morris, and I've been a member of the Episcopal Church for around 20 years, and I've been attending St. John's since um, 2015. Um, I'm pretty active at St. John's, doing a couple of uh, different things, um, and you'll see me in the sacristy more often over the next few months, so if anyone enjoys making nice, crisp linens, please get in touch. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I want to first take a moment to direct your attention. Everyone has these cards on the table, or you can pick them up in the back if you don't have one in front of you. This is, uh, this is a diagram outlining what the way of love is. So what is that? The way of love is a way for us to return back to the ancient pathways and the, into a rule of life um, that the Episcopalian Church has identified seven core principles that are involved in the way of life. Turn, learn, pray, worship, bless, go, and rest. So what is a rule of life? A rule of life comes from the Latin word regula. It suggests a way to regulate or regularize our, our lives and to stay on an intentional path. It's not something that is supposed to dictate our actions. It is something that informs our action. It helps us to stay focused on a Jesus-centered life. So to think about... Um, I'm just going to review very quickly uh, the seven practices um, before we delve in a little bit uh, from our convention delegates. Uh, looking, starting with learn, this is, oh, I'm sorry, you actually start with turn. Turn is the first one. Turn is the time to pause, listen, and choose to follow Jesus. When we say turn, we're talking about that reconciliation. We're talking about reorientation, turning from the powers of sin, hatred, fear, injustice, and oppression, and we're moving towards a way of truth, love, hope, justice, and freedom. This is the way that we reorient ourselves to Jesus Christ. It's a way of thinking about falling in love again and again and again. The second practice is learn, and this is to reflect on scripture each day. This is actually one that does not come as naturally to Episcopalians. We are not as Bible-focused as some other Christian denominations, but we do have a few things that really help us out as Episcopalians. We have the daily lectionary. We have our weekly, uh, 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 the form over three years. Um, but. When we are immersing ourselves and learning each day, we start to be able to reflect theologically and see God's words in everything that we experience day after day. And I just want to point out that there are resources outside of just sitting down and reading the Bible that are available to you. There are uh, weekly emails like the Good Book Club that is being undertaken by the Episcopalian Church. They're uh, just starting to read um, the uh, Gospel according to John. Um, there are Facebook groups, podcasts, even apps where, they will, where someone will read the Bible to you. I love folding laundry while I listen. <laughs> 
All right, the third practice is pray, to dwell intentionally with God daily. The ultimate goal here is to be voicing our concerns, our thanksgivings, but in particular to listen to God's voice in our lives and in the world. And we've got a, a number of different ways that we do this, naming our thanksgivings, naming our prayers for the people that are in need, um, having structured services like evening prayer where we, where we daily list all of the concerns and prayers of this church. And there are also uh, ones that are even a little uh, uh, further out. Um, centering prayer is a movement in the Episcopalian Church that's really taking on where it's less about a voice and more about meditation and listening for that quiet voice. All right, next is worship. I can point out that you are probably doing this very well. You are here on Sunday morning. You are here to celebrate the Sabbath uh, together. And I just want to read this in particular because it's, 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 it's a glorious summation. When we worship, we gather with others before God. We hear the good news of Jesus Christ, give thanks, confess, and offer the brokenness of the world to God. As we break bread, our eyes are open to the presence of Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we are made one body, the body of Christ, sent forth to live the way of love. This is a place of renewal when we worship together. Next is bless. This is sharing our faith and unselfishly giving and serving. So to bless is to bless everyone that you meet to practice generosity and compassion and proclaim the good news of God and Christ with hopeful words, yes, but also selfless actions. It can be the words itself, it can be, be you in the, word, in the world. Next is go, crossing boundaries, listening deeply and living like Jesus. Going on the highways and byways of our world all the different ways that we interact and meet with people outside of our direct community. It's taking this out into the world. And then the final practice is rest. And sometimes this one's hard to do in this day and age, um, to really take time to let yourself uh, restore and to be renewed. It's dedicating time for restoration and wholeness. So all of this uh, to say, um, Take this card with you and start to, uh, to sit with these practices, to pray over them, to reflect and discern over them. Because living this way of life, we're doing it in community. Uh, and I want to point out that there are so many good resources out there for you to explore this. In particular, EpiscopalChurch.org backslash way of love um, or if you just google way of love episcopalian or episcopal it'll come up um, there are, there are many many um, things for you to review and read and be directed to other ways of being inspired so we had this convention last year um, in 2019 uh, where the focus of the keynotes and the presentations were around the way of love. And so I want to ask our convention delegates, um, you know, as they experienced this convention and represented uh, St. John's Cathedral uh, at the diocesan level, what, what were their big takeaway moments? What, what was 
something that they uh, learned, or what was that aha moment? For me, it was our guest speaker. All of her speeches were just wonderful. Left me with something within my body. Uh, it was just the way she presented herself. Um, I particularly loved the last one, where she went into a story about being with her partner and just having a, a good summer time. And the, the, the partner said to her, oh, we have to go to this mine. And it was a coal mine that had been closed. And she looked at her and she said, I'm on vacation. I don't want to go down in a dirty coal mine. But when she told us the story about how it changed her, I, I was very impressed. And just briefly, I'll say that she, her mind got changed about everything by just going into this coal mine. An example was there was a way in which to put plants in the coal mine so that people could see the plants. And, and there was a reason for doing it, but, but when she saw that, it kind of took her back. You know, why would somebody have plants here um, in a coal mine? But it was the way in which she told the story. And at, finally, at the end, she said she was transformed into a new person <laughs> by going into this coal mine because she never thought that going into a coal mine and seeing how people worked years and years and years ago, affecting their health, um, working all these long hours in a dark coal mine would, would, would affect her. And she told us the story that she felt herself changing as she's walking in this mine and seeing the different things that they had to do to get the coal out. And, I, and it, it was just a wonderful way of getting people to think about how the things that you do in life changes you. Just one little issue changes your thinking and your feeling. And, and that was my aha moment because she, she really, I really felt that I was listening to her and feeling exactly what happened to her when she told her story. And her name was um, Reverend Dr. Patricia Lyons, if you want to look her up. So, so this was my first experience of, the dia of a diocesan convention. And so my kind of real takeaway was the broader experience of kind of the richness and variety of our diocesan family. Um, I also was very taken by all the thought and care that went into the convention. Um, and this was reflected in so many ways. It was reflected in our worship, the teachings, the workshops, um, the time we had for fellowship. Um, one of the things that struck me was the Daughters of the King um, had created a prayer room. And I don't know that many people used it, and yet for me it was just very meaningful that it was there and that it was this set-aside space amidst all of the activity of the convention. Um, also the exhibits, um, there was just a great variety of exhibits and some folks from St. John's had exhibits. Um, I also really appreciated the highly efficient taking care of business, um, very painless and efficient and effective and um, 
That was very good. And also the drink and food, um, lots of good drink and food. And um, some of us who had recently been to Cathedral Ridge said that the oatmeal at convention took a close second to the wonderful oatmeal at Cathedral Ridge. <laughs> Um, this was also my first convention. Uh, in addition to the big sessions, there was also smaller workshops uh, that people could attend. Uh, and I attended one with the Reverend Seedman, who is now in charge of Cathedral Ridge. Um, and she walked us through um, the Jewish practice of, of Shabbat, especially Shabbat dinner, uh, you know, with the candles and the prayer and what all Shabbat means um, for um, Jewish folks, and this is very meaningful for me because my background, my father's father was Jewish and many of our cousins are Jewish. But as I was sitting there and meditating and, and just following her and trusting her as she was going through the workshop, I felt a very strong sense of peace. And I don't feel things, I'm, a, I'm an eight on the Enneagram, feelings are not my, um, not my forte, but I felt peace. Um, and I started thinking about reflecting on this is also what Jesus experienced as well, because Jesus was fully embedded in Jewish culture and Jewish tradition. He lit candles, he rested on the Sabbath. Um, and so thinking about how I can integrate those things in my life as well as how I can encourage other folks around me to rest as well. Um, for me, I think the biggest aha was just being able to see the rich tapestry that is the Episcopal Church in Colorado. Um, being a member here at the cathedral, um, you know, we have our regular group of folks that we see and we have our programs that we know about, but it was really nice to see all of the ministries and the holy work that other parishes are doing, um, which can give us new ideas and motivation. Um, for the future. Um, but I also, I really love a rule of life. Um, I've had multiple ones uh, or made my own throughout my life. And I really enjoy the way of love. Um, we had a little preview of this last year with the Faith in Action Committee. Um, and I think this is really, really great. Because, you know, I try to do everything I can on any given day, but having like a clear expectation really helps me out. Um, so I encourage all of you to, um, yeah, as um, Amanda said, Google way of love. There's plenty of YouTube videos videos that go into deep detail about each of these areas, and um, I've already found it to be a benefit to my life, and uh, I know that you will as well. Thank you. That actually transitions very well into my next question. Uh, really thinking about all the, the, seven, the, the seven practices, they're going to affect us in different ways at different points in our life, and we're going to be able to integrate them in our lives in different ways at different points in our life. So my question is, which, which part of the way of love resonates with you? And that could be something that is easy or something that is not easily integrated into your life? I'd love to hear um, which one st strikes you. Mine is number three. It's pray, and it says dwell intentionally with God each day. And I have to tell you that my husband and I do this each day. Yeah, there's some slip-ups, but mostly each day and I cannot tell you how that has helped me because there'll, there'll be something that's happening in the world and the prayer that we're supposed to read that day so much connects to what has happened 
And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just in awe that that, that that happens. But for me, prayer has always been part of, of my life, and I've always done it very quietly. And when I was younger, I didn't do it every day. But this doing it every day has really transformed me into someone who's m more in touch with the scriptures and the prayers, and it just seems to help me move on. And in, in times of, of um, sadness, in times of um, happiness, I mean, we can always connect prayer to every single piece that happens to you. So that's the one that I like a lot. All of them are very good, but I pay a lot of attention to praying every day. And I encourage you to try it. There are pieces, um, the, the, the forward day by day booklet that we get is so helpful to move you every day into prayer. And if you haven't tried that, I would suggest you, you, you do that because it really helps connect everything when you're praying. So for me, it's rest. Um, because that's what energizes me to engage in the other ways of love. Um, and I wanted to share a collect from our midday prayer on Friday of convention, because I feel like it stated it very well. And it said, um, God of rest and source of strength, let us your people know that at the heart of turbulence, there is an inner calm that comes from faith in you. Keep us from being content with things as they are, that from this central peace, there may come a creative compassion, a thirst for justice, and a willingness to give of ourselves in the spirit of Christ. Um, I also attended the workshop that Andrew mentioned um, by Reverend Kim Seedman, and um, she shared that what makes Sabbath a spiritual practice is making time to invest in relationships with God, others, and ourselves. Um, she asked us to consider what is renewing, refreshing, recreating for you. Uh, mine is also rest as well as go. Um, so go is very easy for me. I. Um, chair this the Faith and Action Commission. My job is actually doing politics and community organizing. So going out into the world is actually very easy for me, but it can be very draining, especially in the world in which we live currently. Um, and so rest and go, the balance between those two, really rest as a balance towards every, from everything else, because uh, all these other words are very much doing things. Um, but resting, it can be active. Um, but resting is a step away from the other things and finding that piece of rest, that place of restoration so that you can go more and worship more. Um, one of the things I think, I think I remember Kim saying this in, the, in this session, but it's very hard in our society to have a full Sabbath day. Um, so I know like here, many of us are here early. We, we, we serve. There's like a uh, 20s and 30s brunch after this, and then there's errands because day Monday is coming. Um, so being creative and finding the way to doing rest in the world in which we live, which is not the same as the world in which Jesus lived. Um, so like 
How can we do REST? Yeah. Um, my big takeaway from the way of love is really bless and go, because those are the things that I try to do the most, is kind of to share my faith um, through kind of authentic conversations that are challenging to myself at times. Um, but even more important than that to me is the sequential order in which these are listed, because I think they build on one another. Um, so like first turn, you must reorient yourself before you are in a position to learn. Once you're there, you can learn. And once you're in the scriptures, you will be naturally encouraged to pray. And then after that comes worship and so on and so on. And fitfully, at the last, once you've done all those other things, is the rest. Um, so for me, the order of these is, all, is actually pretty important too. Thank you. Uh, Next, I'm going to introduce Tina Clark, who is our Director of Education here at the Cathedral. She wasn't here at the very beginning of uh, this uh, education time because they're getting ready for baptisms next week, um, which will be a fabulous experience. So I think we need to wake up this projector. Um, but would you like to introduce yourself and uh, say a little bit about what we'll see? Absolutely. Uh, thank you. Good morning. Sorry that I'm walking back and forth. I had this all ready to go, but of course it put itself to sleep. Um, yeah, it's coming. So one thing I wanted to let you know as we talk about the way of love, if you picked up an adult formation brochure for spring 2020, you'll see that it is right in the middle of the fold. Thank you. Um, as we were planning our 2020 year, and the way of love was becoming more and more well-known and we went to convention and we heard more about it, everything fell into place. That the way of love is a beautiful rule of life and one that I do encourage all of us to take out of St. John's Walls and go and do and work on and focus on. I have found myself trying to almost do a little checklist some days that if I listen to the Bible Binge podcast, then. I've engaged with scripture that day, and it's a great podcast if you have not heard it. Um, if, I, if I've done my morning prayer, if I've done my forward day by day, you know, whatever, I find myself kind of checking things off, and then what I find is when I've checked off two or three or four pieces of the way of love, I'm having a better day. I'm better with my kids, I'm better at work, I'm better with myself, I'm closer to God. It all just falls into place. So everything that you're hearing here this morning about the way of love, what we don't want to do is say, okay, we gave you the stuff, go, have fun with that. We're going to be working with this sort of constantly during this year. We have our same formation program that we would have had. We're just dialing in, where does that fit on the way of love? So that's how that's going to work. So. One of the things that happens at convention is they bring in videos from various ministries that are happening around the diocese, and they're absolutely wonderful. You get to see what a church in Ure is doing. You get to see what a church is doing for the LGBTQI um, population. You get to see what St. John's is doing with the St. Francis Apartments. So all of these videos are just a wonderful insight into what's happening around our very large 108,000 square foot um, diocese here in Colorado. So this is one of the videos they showed. It's a little bit close to my heart, and you'll once you see it, you'll know why. Um, not quite done as I get this going. At camp, 
this past year, our theme was rest. It was be still. You might think that I'm an idiot if I told third through eighth graders that we we're gonna spend a week being still. But there was a method to my madness, which was to teach them that stillness in our heart, stillness in our soul, doesn't have to look like sitting still. So we talked about relationship. We talked about friendship. We talked about how friendship brings us closer to God. We talked about how an hour of gaga ball with your friends, laughing, scraping your knuckles, and coming away just feeling elated, that could be rest, especially for a 10-year-old. So we taught them, we're, we're working on resilience with our kids. So we worked on teaching them how to take Sabbath in a way that feeds their souls and not in a way that looks like it's supposed to. Camp has been one of the most formative experiences in my life, not only in a spiritual aspect, but also in my character, who I am as a person. It teaches friendship, leadership, confidence, and keep moving, keep a smile on your face, and make sure that you are still there at the end of the day for the kids and for God. I always appreciated that some things never change, and that's the deep-rooted love of Christ and the deep-rooted love of one another that we get to experience in summer camp. This camp is just, has to be the most fun thing that I experience all year long. What I like about camp is that we're in the wilderness, far from civilization, and it's all nice and peaceful here. I especially like meeting old friends and seeing new friends that you can meet and do friendship bread with, or play gaga ball with and you just get to know them very well and then next year you can see them and they'll be an old friend that you already know. But really, summer camp's not about doing, it's about being. It's about being with each other in community and it's also about being closer to God. My favorite thing about camp is making new friends and doing all of the activities with my new friends and going on walks and hikes and seeing all different kinds of wildlife. My favorite thing about summer camp is the water slide, even if you're waiting in line, because you're, you can talk to your friends and just have fun. And also, it's the fun way of taking a shower. That was awesome and a good way to think about rest. Um, thinking, one of the things that we talk about most in the adult education committee as we get together each month is we want to provide really enriching education opportunities, but then how do we take what we learn and go into the world? What's the next step? 
How can we encourage folks to uh, take this education and play it into action? And that's where, we're where I'm coming from with this question. You guys have gone to convention, you've learned deeply, you have made these connections with others around the diocese. Um, how can we take those conversations and learning opportunities and bring them into the St. John's Cathedral community? What does that mean for our community? That's a hard one for me because there is so much caring and love and understanding of our community here. I feel so comfortable, even when I first joined almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Can you believe it? I've been here for almost 20 years. But being a convention helped me to understand that knowing people from other, uh, other churches, you can bring some little piece of what they do in their community to our community. And so that's the way I looked at it. And that's, even though we're perfect people here <laughs> and we share in a lot of caring, um, there's room for more improvement. And so going into other um, areas of the church will help us to do that. Is that the answer you were looking for? <laughs> so I think along the lines of what Roz is sharing and also some of what Chad was mentioning a little earlier, um, for me, I found being at convention um, deeply affirming in terms of our life here at St. John's. And um, by that, I mean that um, all of us here, both clergy and lay, um, all that we do within the walls here, um, within the broader metro area, um, within the diocese, we're, we're making huge contribu contributions to the life of our diocese. Um, but I also felt I was very aware of what we receive from the diocese as a cathedral um, in terms of just what we saw in the video, the kind of the life and the encouragement um, from both the programs of the diocese, um, but also of the life and ministries of Episcopal churches um, throughout our state. Um, looking at the question again, um, I think one of the things that I get from the way of love and then some of the things we talked about at convention was there's a need for balance um, in each of our lives as well as in the lives of the community. So I do justice work. I go out in the community. I help facilitate things going out in the community. So that's one of the things that we are definitely going to do more at Saint at, at, with FIA, Faith in Action, is provide those opportunities to connect uh, and to be able to go out into the world, whether it's to serve at St. Francis Center or St. Francis Apartments, to partner with Together Colorado, um, but also acknowledging that these things are not separate. Um, doing justice work is not separate from worship. It's not separate from prayer. Each of the th these things are connected and feed into each other. And one of the things I, I commit to uh, in my life and in the cathedral and just generally is acknowledging those connections uh, so that we're not unbalanced and exhausted or doing things without the right intentions. Just that balance, I think, um, grows the community, makes it more whole, as well as um, uh, is more Christ-like. I think at this point, I want to uh, give an opportunity to Jenny and maybe to Tina to touch base on a little of what we're expecting for the next convention, 2020. 
2020. Um, uh, that there, that we are in the midst of our elections, and this is an annual, an annual uh, integration of our church into the larger diocese. Could you speak to that a little? Yeah, definitely. Um, yes. Yeah, so the each each diocese um, meets yearly for their annual convention, and then I think most of you probably are aware, um, but in case you're not the general convention of the Episcopal Church then happens every three years. And one of the things we get to do, we're, we're very lucky because we're such a large parish, we get to send, I believe it was eight delegates to our um, diocesan convention. And that's a wonderful representation. Um, no one else gets to send that many people. So we're very, very lucky to do that. Then another thing that happens though is that at convention, we elect our delegates to the general convention. And that, um, and I don't know the numbers, but I see Alex in our ranks, which is great. Um, but we send clergy as well as um, lay deputies to general convention to represent the Episcopal Church in Colorado. We send eight, is that what I just saw? Right. Okay, so I don't know if you all heard that. Four clergy representatives, four lay representatives, and then alternatives for both of those. And as of convention, we still had open alternative spots that we will be electing at the 2020 convention. So if anyone is interested in representing as an alternate, which sounds like what it is, if um, one of our lay deputies can't go um, for any reason, then as an alternate you would be there and you would step in if they got sick during or if they had to come home or whatever. Um, so if you're interested in going as a lay, re lay representative for the Episcopal Church in Colorado, um, just speak to clergy or staff here and we can um, take care of, of getting your name in. Because we, we did have some blank spots for alternates. We have elected all of our deputies but we do need one or two alternates, I believe. It would be great to have someone from St. John representing us at General Convention, which is in Baltimore, I believe? Yeah, Baltimore in 2021. Yeah, it's a long, it's summer. It's, um, I think, right after the 4th of July, and it's about a 10-day convention, but it's, it would be very exciting to be there. Um, so did you have anything else you wanted me to talk about? Did you have anything to add? Um, well, as Tina talked about a few minutes ago, this is not the end of the conversation. We're going to be talking about the way of love again and again as we go through our education curriculum this year. That as we've asked uh, speakers to come in and share their expertise and their inspiration, we're going to be reflecting that through the lens of the way of love and how we can go a little deeper through this rule of life, this practice together. Um, so because we have a few minutes before the end of our hour together, I want to give an opportunity for um, you guys to ask any questions of our delegates or of Tina or of me, um, uh, or maybe we'll bring in the additional delegates uh, from, from our uh, from our church. So does anyone have any questions or comments to continue the conversation? Good, thank you. <clears throat> I applaud um, <clears throat> all the things that you've shared with us and I particularly applaud uh, your 
uh, your uh, your ability to be transformed through your openness in, in uh, the experiences uh, that you've personally shared as well as what you've found uh, within the uh, convention, which on occasion is a little bit difficult to do, uh, but that's personal. Anyway, uh, what, I wanted, what I want to suggest is that uh, we as uh, Americans, we as thinking educated people tend to go in steps, which is to say one thing begets another. Uh, you do this first before you do that. Uh, you have to grow here before you become there. And I would like to suggest that, that uh, uh, the seven dimensions uh, that you've uh, uh, brought to our attention uh, can be seen uh, as, as a, uh, uh, not a step-by-step -step, uh, approach, but rather a, uh, what I'll call a, uh, an awareness that transforms being. And by awareness, I mean you don't have to do it step by step. You don't have to finish one step and become competent in one step before you're entitled to go on uh, to the next step. But rather, they are all interconnected in such a way that simply to be aware of them and to weave them into one's life uh, is, is, is a way of being transformed by being into something that, uh, that is, uh, 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 for lack of word, better words, better and, and uh, becoming and a new way of being. And I think that that's basically what we're about here as Christians, as people, as people who are, are uh, yearning for uh, new understandings, new way of becoming, new ways of being. Uh, uh, so I really, I really applaud what you're sharing with us uh, because I think you're demonstrating that each in your own ways. But I also, from my way, from my perspective, want to say that I think that, that uh, this is not step-by-step -step stuff. It's, it's the awareness of these things that, that interplay in a warp and woof kind of way. That, uh, that, that become transforming for the person in, into a new way of being. Thank you so very much. That is so spot on that we are, we're not talking about a list here. We're talking about, well, a circular image for one, but some, that these are all elements of a whole, nothing more important than the other, and all of them are going to be woven in together in, in new ways. Thank you. It's just more of a question. Um, recognizing that we're the cathedral church of the diocese and actually one of the um, most sustainable, uh, how about the way of love and our relationships with all the smaller parishes uh, throughout this area and the whole diocese and actually in contributing to their sustainability in other words, are we really a resource for the diocese in a way that we could, in fact, be of, uh, playing a role with many other smaller places that, in fact, are at risk of not being able to survive? What an interesting question. Is that something that you guys talked about or talked about with the clergy at any point of our <laughs> way into it? Okay. I, I can speak a little bit from, from a very personal personal slash professional point of view, I was just recently elected to the High Plains Executive Council, and that is um, probably my primary focus for, for my time on that council, is to support that body and, and be a part of that body. And for me, um, 
what's closest to my heart is how are we supporting and resourcing smaller parishes. And, and obviously for me, lay ministry, lay leadership is critically important. Um, I, I've dedicated my life to lay ministry, um, have no intention of being ordained, um, and I'm very comfortable with that. So, so yeah, so for, for me, while I'm on HPEC, I will be focused a lot on how are we supporting those smaller parishes that are just barely keeping it together in some ways, and how are we sharing the way of love with them. Um, Christina Rutland, our youth minister, is doing a really phenomenal job here in our area of trying to get all of our high school youth from these various parishes, none of us have a huge group of high school youth. It's hard to keep high schoolers engaged in youth group, and a lot of the churches have been through transition. So she's doing these multi-parish gatherings um, where we bring one, somebody else brings one, somebody else brings two, and we're building up some community among our youth groups. So that's an example of, of how we're trying to do that. It's a great question, though. I want to introduce all of you to Alex Dyer. He is the canon to the ordinary for Bishop Kim, and we're glad to have him. Tried to be incognito. <laughs> <laughs> I've been outed. Um, so um, I just wanted to, uh, I think an important point, what I think of the way I love and, you know, given my job and everything to have dealt with a lot, but uh, I was actually at a conference one time, and one of the people that was responsible for this, there was a small group of people that came up with this at the Virginia Theological Seminary. Um, and he remembers, he was on the communications uh, side of things, and he saw these, one of these wonderful videos, the introductory video. Uh, he is a layperson. And he, you know, he, he said something that struck me in this conference. He said, you know, when I saw that video, I started crying, not because it was a wonderful video, and it was, he says, but he, he realized something. As a layperson in the Episcopal Church, this is the first time he has been asked to do something that doesn't involve going to church. Think about that. How many times in your life have you been asked to do something that doesn't start here at church? You can do this outside of church. And I think I also want to raise up, too, that you can do this. What I love about this, and he didn't say this, but what I love about this is you can do this without clergy. I want to say this as a clergy person. We are no better or no worse, probably, at this than anyone else. We struggle with this. We do this. We are not the gurus in this. You as lay people have stuff to teach us about this, and not even us then. We're all in this together. Worship, you can worship. Even that's one of the, you can worship without a priest. It's possible. Um, so you can do all this stuff without clergy. So in our clergy-centric, way too clergy-centric parish and church and Episcopal church, this is something you can do on your own and help and work each other. And I think we can, as clergy, can walk alongside you and help you, but we're not necessary to this. And in a sense, I think we're all in this together. And I just kind of wanted to raise it up. And that's one thing I really love about the way I love, because a lot of programs that have come out of the Episcopal Church have been very clergy-centric. And this is one, thanks be to God, that is not. I can't see the clock. How's our time? We probably have time for one or two more comments, Great. and then we'll wrap up. John. John was a delegate. Thank you guys for really encapsulating what we experienced at the convention. And I think you, 
I'm so glad that I wasn't up there because I wouldn't have spoken as well as you, as you guys have, so thank you. And I think my takeaway from the convention and from this and from being here is the first word of this, which is way. It's not a pathway, it's not one single way of doing this, one single way of doing that, it is the way that we can all think, the way that we can all behave. You know, when I came back from the convention, a couple of my friends and I were talking and they asked me how it was, and these happened to be Buddhist friends of mine. And sort of, if, if you want to encapsulate Buddhism in one word, you could just say mindful. And what the way of life, what the way of life is, is a mindful way of being an Episcopalian, of being a Christian, of following the way of Jesus. So thank you for reminding us of that. And I wish we would have had these cards to bring back. These, these are great. So thank you. Those are courtesy of Evans Owsley, our amazing communications coordinator, who got those done for me. Again, I just was very taken by just the level of involvement that we have in the diocese, and particularly, once again, that, that lay ministry and very significant roles in our diocese. Well, um, I think we're going to close on a final video that was shown at the uh, convention, and this is about our congregation. St. John's Church and Cathedral architecturally is spectacular. As you walk into this building and you see this magnificent cathedral with its beautiful windows, that's the first thing that people see and it's the first thing that strikes people when they walk in here. But the other side of that is the people who come here. At its heart, this is a community, and actually a community of heartfelt people who are comfortable sharing what's on their heart. What I love about this community is that it meets you where you're at in your life. Every time I come here, I feel renewed with the people that are here. And what's interesting is that community makes me want to go out into the wider community. Well, we may have lost that. <laughs> but don't we all look good? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so totally well produced. Um, right. I, I, I suppose um, at, with this, we will, we will convene our time together. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk for a bit about the way of love, to introduce the idea that we will continue this conversation as the year progresses in a variety of different speakers and topics. Um, but please give a round of applause to our excellent delegates who shared their stories. Thank you. It means a lot. Thank you, and thank you, Amanda, so much for facilitating this conversation and for all that you do. You're amazing. Um, please join me next week. I am actually your presenter next week, and we're going to talk about why formation. The cathedral gives a lot of time and resource to formation, and I'm not talking about children and youth in this case. Um, we all know why children and youth need formation and why it's so critical, and this parish is so incredibly supportive of our children and youth programs. But next week we're going to talk a little bit about why we do this from cradle to grave, why we do adult formation, what's it about, um, how do we make meaning. So I hope that you will join me next week, 915, right here. Thanks for being here today. <laughs>